Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by G3. You've got grain to sell? We're buying. G3, grain elevators in Saskatchewan are open for business and want to buy your grain. Find a G3 grain elevator near you today at g3smarter.ca. And brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 individual row metering system. The province is supporting a virtual international plant protein summit after hosting the event in Saskatoon last year. A joint statement has been issued by the Hutterite community and the Saskatchewan Health Authority about a COVID-19 outbreak on two Hutterite colonies in southwest Saskatchewan. We have a review of cattle markets this past week. Real Agriculture looks at the Canadian seed industry. There's an update on controlling insects and a look at the condition of the canola crop. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Back in a moment. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by the Candiac Auction Mart. To consign your cattle, call them today at 424-2967. And Canadian Hail Agencies, providing you hail insurance for 25 years. Contact your broker today to see why Canadian hail adjusters are voted the best in the industry. The Saskatchewan government is supporting the International Protein Summit being held in a virtual format this year. Last year the event was held in Saskatoon and this year it's scheduled for the Netherlands. The Virtual International Plant Protein Summit enables Saskatchewan to showcase this province's production and we will have a full interview tomorrow with a director with Trade and Export Development Saskatchewan on this topic, Robin Spear. The Saskatchewan Health Authority and the Hutterian Safety Council have issued a joint statement to help guide Hutterite communities through the COVID-19 pandemic. An outbreak on two Hutterite colonies near Maple Creek was outlined last week. Additional cases are being investigated related to local and interprovincial travel. A Hutterite Safety Task Force has been set up advising Hutterite communities to reduce communal gathering sizes, to follow physical distancing guidelines, implement proper hygiene practices in all aspects, and comply with provincial health orders. The Hutterite Safety Council says many communities feel isolated, creating a false sense of security, and the council is working at dispelling the notion. The Safety Council says a small group has resisted intervention and is regrettable, but not completely unexpected for a group of diverse people spread over a vast area. The Hutterite Safety Council, working with the Saskatchewan Health Authority, has facilitated communications with these and many other Hutterite communities to allay fears and encourage leaders to work with public health officials. Much progress has been made in setting up training, education and testing. Strict protocols have been put in place on affected communities, including self-isolation and additional hygiene practices. Members are committed to eradicating the virus in their communities and ensure it does not spread to surrounding communities. The Saskatchewan Health Authority has issued a thank you to the leadership of communities in the Maple Creek area for support while working with the SHA to contain the virus. The joint statement says it's not helpful to stigmatize those who are getting tested or who test positive. The statement says unity will empower us to face the crisis together and have deeper compassion and understanding to build safer and more resilient communities in the province. Back in a moment. 
back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This segment is brought to you by the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed for over 35 years. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. And brought to you by Salford Group. Get the best price on new Salford equipment before July 3rd. Call your Salford equipment dealer or visit salfordgroup.com. Saskatchewan feeder cattle prices were mixed this past week. Provincial cattle specialist Leah Clark says feeder steer prices were mostly lower and heifer prices were mainly on the rise during the past week. Feeder steer prices were lower this week. The largest decrease was $7.67 per hundredweight in the six to seven weight feeder category to average $208.33 per hundredweight. The only price increase was for the heavy eight to 900 pound feeder steer category it had a price increase of $1.67 per hundredweight to average $179.67. On average, the feeder steer prices decreased $2.15 per hundredweight compared to last week. Saskatchewan feeder heifer weekly price comparisons mostly increased in value. The largest price increase was for the heavy 800-pound plus category this Category went up $4.75 per hundredweight to average $161.75. The only price decrease was for the 400 to 500 pound heifer category. They went down $6.33 to average $198.67 per hundredweight. So what were the factors pushing steer prices lower and heifer prices upwards? I think we, we definitely have have some volume limited volumes right now this time of year um, and so I think we're seeing a lot of a lot more pasture maybe some optimism and some of that heifer retention perhaps but but generally the prices didn't decrease or, or increase too too harshly this week and what were marketings Camfax reported a total of 4,894 head of cattle were sold in Saskatchewan this week this was a decrease from 9,822 the previous week and fewer than 5,800 head marketed the same week last year. What happened with market-ready cattle prices? The price of D2 slaughter cows increased 36 cents per hundredweight to average $85 per hundredweight. The price of D3 slaughter cows increased 61 cents per hundredweight from the previous week to average $75.44 per hundredweight. The average price of live steers in Alberta was $128.75 per hundredweight. This was down close to $10 per hundredweight from the previous week. And what U.S. factors are influencing the cattle market? I'm just continuing to look at those those future contracts. The feeder cattle futures are, are looking like they're just trending to go up week over week. Uh, live cattle futures are, are remaining pretty steady, not surprising regarding that we have large inventories of, of cattle to be slaughtered to make up for the, the decrease in slaughter capacity there that we experienced throughout North America. Leah Clark compiles the weekly cattle market update for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. 
Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio. I'm joined right now by Jonathan Nyberg. He's the president of the Canadian Sea Growers Association, also farms in New Brunswick. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm good, Sean. How are you? Hey, good to chat with you, man. The Canadian seed industry is moving closer to its conclusion of its seed synergy project. This essentially was the five seed organizations in Canada potentially coming together to form one entity being Seeds Canada. So those five organizations are the Canadian Plant Protection Agency, the Commercial Seed and Analysts Association of Canada, the Canadian Seed Growers Association, the Canadian Seed Institute, and the Canadian Seed Trade Association. All five groups have shared their detailed ratification package with their respective memberships for vote for the vote. So, Jonathan, uh, is is the vote a foregone conclusion, or where are we at with this process? No, I, I, you know, I, I don't think anybody wants to, nobody wants to assume anything, Sean. And but I think uh, you know, if I if I look at uh, at the uh, at the the regional AGMs that I've gone to this year, the annual meetings of our, of our, of our basically our provincial associations, and and listen to what the membership has been telling me there. I think we've got, uh, I think we've got uh, some pretty favorable um, uh, folks out there that are that are in favor of, of the amalgamation. And so, uh, again, I don't want to count any chickens before they hatch, but I I, I think that we're we're likely headed down that down that road for a positive vote. So from the CSGA perspective, what's the advantage of Seeds Canada? Well, excuse me, I, I think that, uh, you know, if, if we go back, if, if CSGA goes back in history and, and we look at, uh, we look at uh, you know, some of the things that have popped up that, that uh, I guess you could almost describe as disruptors, if we go back to 2015, actually back to when these discussions started taking place with Seed Synergy, but earlier in the year, we well, we actually we we been through our first year of alternative service del- delivery, which was a you know kind of a, a bit of a bombshell that was dropped onto us by CFIA. And so, when you when you look at things like that that happen, and you want to be ahead of the game, you want to be on top of things, you want to be prepared for things. And not to say we couldn't we 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 can't do that currently as our own organization, but I think it would be a lot easier to do that as one organization within the seed sector in Canada. But the other, the other obvious one, of course, is when we go to talk to, uh, you know, talk to, to folks within government, uh, whether it's CFIA or whether it is actually, you know, actual folks, MPs and, and, and senators and whatnot within government, we'll, we'll do that as with one voice rather than five or six voices. And I think that's a, that's a, that, that shows that we're united and that we've got a lot of strength behind us. And, and we're doing that with one voice. There's no confusion. It's one message going out to folks. And, and I think that that's certainly a huge positive. Now, Jonathan, the book of your membership farms themselves, right? And they're either producing seed on a wholesale basis for a seed company or retailer, or they're actually carrying through and doing some of that retailing the, themselves as well. And that, that really kind of depends on the region you're adding in Canada. What do you think the benefits of Seeds Canada are for your members customers the, the the farmer that is buying that seed well i i think that we can you know we're, we're trying to we're you know we're trying to do this efficiently we're looking at doing it efficiently and of course that's going to depend largely on on the the inaugural board and the, the incoming board of, of the new organization if, if it comes to that and and so you look to find some efficiencies where where you can and so when it comes to what csga currently does 
the seed certification. You know, we want to try and keep things as they are now and, and keep it so that it's, it's, you know, you're, you're basically breaking even. You're not, you're not looking for a profit. You want to, you want to do a cost recovery and, and ensure that, that, uh, growers out there can, can still get the service they need. We're also looking at trying to keep our membership fees low as well so that there's still an incentive for folks who want to belong to this new organization. It's going to be voluntary membership. Currently with CSGA, it's mandatory for you to be a member in order to receive a crop certificate. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. Get ready for seeding with New Holland equipment from Raymore, Yorkton, and Watrous, New Holland. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather forecast for today, partly cloudy with a high of 28 degrees. The low, 15. Wednesday, partly cloudy, 60% chance of showers, risk of a thunderstorm. Wind southeast, 20, gusting to 40. The high, 30. The low, 14. Thursday, partly cloudy, 60% chance of showers and a high of 25. The low, 11. Friday, sunny, the high, 27. The low, 14. Saturday, sunny with a high of 30. The low, 16. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high, 27. The low, 16. Monday, partly cloudy, the high 28. The normal high is 24. The normal low is 10. The sun rose at 4.48 this morning. It sets at 9.14 tonight. And we have an interesting weather fact. The World Meteorological Organization is looking to verify reports that a new record high temperature above 38 degrees Celsius was reached in the Arctic Circle on Saturday. The temperature was recorded in a Russian town in eastern Siberia. The UN agency says it may be another possible sign of global warming in the Arctic and that satellite images of the region show a mass of red indicating high heat, something it calls striking and worrying. Worrying. Looking at the latest roundup in Saskatchewan, the hot spot is leader in western Saskatchewan at 29, the cold spot Jimmy Lake up north at 21, Estevan and Saskatoon both 25. Swift Current and Weyburn, 26. Yorkton is 24. In Regina, with cloudy skies, it's 26 degrees. That's 79 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the south-southwest at 15. Humidity, 42%. The barometer dropping, 101.5. Moose Jaw, sunny and 27. Winds are from the northwest at 8. Once again, Regina, cloudy and 26. That's 79 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Ervis. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com and SMHI. Crop hail insurance at cost. Online or connect with an agent. Storms are unpredictable. SMHI isn't. SMHI.ca. Research scientists want to be able to better track where diamondback moths and aster leaf hoppers are coming from. The insects are blown into Canada by southern winds. Agriculture Canada entomologist Tyler Wist explains why it's important to know that where the diamondback moths and leaf hoppers originate. Well, for the diamondback moth, we have pockets of resistance to some 
insecticides. And so if they come from an area where there's known resistance, then we'll have a better idea of what not to use. And for the leaf hoppers, if they're coming from a cropping area where we know there are a lot of aster yellow symptoms or, or, or a really good host plants for aster yellows, then that's another reason why we want to know where those leaf hoppers are coming from. Wist says these insects could be coming from a number of locations. One of the hypotheses that we're looking at is, are they doing long distance migrations? Are they say coming up all the way from Mexico on the winds, on one big wind, or are they sort of getting onto that wind train part way up, Omaha, Nebraska, or somewhere out in the Pacific Northwest? Maybe they're getting on from the Yakima Valley in Washington. And so when we look at those those uh, reverse trajectories of the winds, we try to see where that, uh, say, hopping onto the wind train could be happening. A larger than normal number of diamondback moths and aster leafhoppers were blown into the province this spring. A rapid test has been developed to determine if a leafhopper is carrying aster yellows. Tyler West says usually only a small percentage of the leafhoppers have the disease. You can have hundreds of leafhoppers in your field, but if they're not carrying the disease, then there's no problem having the leafhoppers in your field. But if they are carrying the disease, we can figure it out. And so that's another reason why we're capturing leafhoppers from across the province to try to figure out if they are infected with aster yellows or not. Wist says many leafhoppers are not infected with aster yellows. You know, in most years, the majority are uninfected when they come up here. If we remember back to 2012, which was the last really bad aster yellows year, and we look back on the percentage of leafhoppers that were infected, we had about 10% of the leafhoppers that were infected, which is unusual when usually it's less than 1% of the leafhoppers. And so that was one of the factors for having that 2012 Aster Yellows outbreak. The leafhoppers are blown into Western Canada via southerly winds from the United States. Ontario farmers who employ temporary foreign workers have received a warning from Premier Doug Ford and Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. They say protect those workers from COVID-19 or face consequences. The strongly worded messages came amid outbreaks on farms that have seen hundreds of migrant workers testing positive for COVID-19 and the Windsor-Essex region held back from moving to stage two of reopening. Three workers have died from the disease. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by YAC Auctions. And by the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Canola crops are doing well in areas with sufficient moisture. Ian Epp is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. The canola crops are looking really good overall. We've had a bit more rain for the most part. Most of the provinces had a decent couple shots of rain this year, so that really helped, especially getting a good rain right at the end of seeding. That really helped fix some uh, plant stand establishment issues, whether it's a little bit of depth, a little bit of this, that. It helps the canola just kind of pop out of the ground. As far as canola staging, it's a bit, there's always variability, right? Seeding it happens over a couple of weeks, but we're anywhere from that two to three leaf for some of the latest canola, unless it was reseeded up until almost bolting would be some of the most advanced stuff. So probably the average would be that five-ish leaf stage. So 
not too bad for the time of year. After some delays, plenty of spraying has been going on. Spraying for weeds this year has been a bit more challenging than some years between rain showers and then we've had fairly a bit windier than normal across the province. It makes getting the sprayer to the field on time a little bit more difficult. But yeah, most crops had a pre-burn and in-crop spraying has been happening when there's windows of opportunity. really have to make the best of the days that we've had, but it's a little later than usual, but it is happening not too bad. Additional moisture promotes both crop and weed growth. You get a flusher in, then you'll get a flush of wild oats, green fox, there are a whole medley of weeds that come with it. But farmers will know, or with good scouting, you know what the driver weeds are. Picking those top couple weeds in your field that are really important, that's going to make the herbicide decision. So if you see a flush of wild oats and they're getting a little bit big, well, let's make sure let's get that wild oats. That's probably the most important weed in our fields. Or if you have some cleavers, cleavers can be a little bit more difficult to control. So do we need to add a tank mix partner? Do we need to up the rate of whatever we're using? Those are kind of key driving decisions. And then any of the brassica weeds, so your stinkweed, shepherd's purse, even volunteer canola, these can all be clubroot hosts, even if you're growing a clubroot-resistant canola variety. So making sure we're controlling the other brassica weeds before they get too big is really key. When it comes to weeds, Epp says it's important to know what you have and how big it is. Especially this year with uh, some later herbicide applications, you know, what spectrum of weeds is in your field is really important and what the stage is, you know. If certain weeds can we control when they're really small, but as they get a bit bigger, some chemicals may not work quite as well. So do we need to, for a farmer, you know, scout those fields, look at, do we need to up the rate? Is this a situation where maybe we want to add a tank mix partner or something else to really improve some of that control? And then keep in mind with labels with different herbicide systems, we want to look at what the max rate is. We want to make sure we're staying on label. And again, as we get towards the end of spraying season here in the next couple of weeks, the staging. Certain chemicals you can spray only up to bolting, some a little before that. So making sure we're staying on staging, not hurting our canola crop. Yep, says canola stand establishment is variable. There's a bit of a wide range depending on what a grower is targeting for seeding rates. And then again, all the various issues that may have happened during seeding, but I've seen fields that were cut back almost down to two plants per square foot, which is not enough for a bit pretty marginal. And some where we had excellent emergence, above average moisture, all these things contributing, we're seeing eight or nine plants per square foot. So there's a wide range, and we can even see wide ranges in the field, depending on what's happened. But it's a good for record to know I was targeting five plants per square foot, and I got five plants. Well, that's excellent. Or, you know, in winter, I get a lot of these questions where a guy says, can I change my seeding rate? And unless we know... What you were targeting last year and what you actually had going on in your field, it's really hard to make those uh, rate changes. Farmers can use a hula hoop or a meter stick to calculate plant count. All of the information can be found on the Canola Council of Canada website. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall is Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing downward movement in early trading. Viterra's prices for canola fell 50 cents at 436.08. Number one red spring wheat dropped 292 at 222.66. The rest were unchanged. Durham 266.39. Feed barley 196.71. Flax 512.79. Lentils 714.50. Oats 264.16. Yellow peas 257.89. Feed wheat, 172.88. 
On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange this morning, July spring wheat is down four and three quarter cents at five fourteen a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Assiniboia and Weyburn Livestock Auctions. Call Assiniboia, 642-4180 or Weyburn, 842-4574. And brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integritire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integritire dealers. Now the latest livestock quotations. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of June 23rd. We had our last sale here in Weyburn on June 10th. We had over 800 head at this sale. D1 and D2 cows sold from 78 cents to 88 cents. D3 cows sold from 68 cents to 77 cents. Counter cows sold from 55 cents to 65 cents. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.32. We had a handful of steers and heifers at this sale, 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $1.52 and sold up to $1.55. Steers over 900 pounds averaged $1.22 and sold up to $1.55. 700 to 800 pound heifers averaged $1.63 and sold up to $1.75. 800 to 900 pound heifers averaged $1.51 and sold up to $1.65. And heifers over 900 pounds averaged $1.40 and sold up to $1.53. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,000 hogs Monday, selling a range of 107 to 149 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,500 head, selling a range of 110 to 149 per CKG. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed and forward contract prices opened higher this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was up 23 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.3545. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.07 cents US. US cash reference markets are mixed, with the negotiated region represented by the Western Corn Belt lower, while the Iowa South Minnesota formula and national reference base prices coming in higher relative to the previous day. Normally at this time of year, Commentary would start to shift to pricing trends heading out to the end of the year, which typically sees some weakness after reaching the summer highs. However, this year cash reference markets are at counter-seasonal lows, with the national formula region flirting with the September 2018 lows, while the Western Corn Belt negotiated region is at all-time lows and 65% off the value usually seen in this marketing week. If cash markets generally head lower after the summer, it begs the question if a similar trend could develop this year too, even though cash values are already historically weak. There is talk that a live hog supply hole might materialize as a result of current culling initiatives, but there is no clear data on how widespread or deep the culls actually are, and the usual proxy indicators such as delivery weights do not seem to be supporting the idea that a backup is widespread. The quarterly hogs and pigs report released on Thursday will be closely watched for clues, but the report may not be as clear as market participants would like. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. U.S. President Donald Trump has tweeted that an initial trade agreement with China is still on after a top White House advisor's comments seemed to suggest it was over, spooking markets late yesterday. Trump tweeted, quote, The China trade deal is fully intact. Hopefully they will continue to live up to the terms of the agreement. 
The Trump administration has been extremely critical of China's efforts to contain the novel coronavirus early on, and the president repeatedly blames China for the pandemic in his remarks, leading to questions about future cooperation in areas such as trade. In January, the U.S. and China reached an interim trade deal to reduce tariff tensions, which saw China agreeing to buy massive amounts of U.S. products, particularly U.S. farm products. Michigan's attorney general is asking a judge to shut down a pipeline in the Great Lakes after an energy company discovered that an anchor support had shifted deep below the surface. Enbridge insists that its Line 5 pipeline was not damaged. The company resumed the flow of oil and natural gas liquids in the west leg of the system Saturday. Meanwhile, the east line in the Straits of Mackinac remained closed where the anchor support assembly had moved. State attorneys say both east and west lines should be turned off until an independent review is conducted. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer said Enbridge restarted the west leg of Line 5 without sharing enough information about the incident. On the markets, gains in the energy sector helped Canada's main stock index climb higher in late morning trading as the price of oil topped U.S. $41 a barrel. The TSX Composite Index was up 31 points at 15,548. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 202 points at 26,227. The Canadian dollar traded at 74.06 cents U.S. compared with 73.83 cents U.S. on Monday. The August crude oil contract was up 42 cents at 41.15 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.